seated. All right, some of y'all about fell over. You about fell over. All right, let's recite out loud together our memory verses from the past few weeks. If you need help, the words will be on the screen for you to refer to, but I think for the most part, we can get this right. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Ready? Rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Great job! Woo! Great job! High five your neighbor and take a seat. Great job! Scripture memory is a must for us as followers of Jesus Christ. The more we know God's word, the more we obey God's word. The more we know God's word, the more we enjoy God's word. The more we know God's word, the more we will share God's word with one another and with all those that God places around us. So open your Bibles with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Paul finished this letter to the believers in Thessalonica with a series of instructions and commands for them to obey day by day. As they obeyed these commands from God, they would be blessed by God. These instructions and commands were focused on their relationships. So as they obeyed these commands from God, their relationships would be blessed by God. The good news for us is these commands and instructions are for us today. So as we obey these commands from God, our relationships will also be blessed by God in amazing ways. And so we know and understand, as we've already shared, Paul commanded each of us to rejoice always, pray constantly, and give thanks in everything, because this is God's will for us in Christ Jesus. It's God's will for us to rejoice always, pray constantly, and give thanks in everything, because we are in Christ Jesus. We are no longer separated from God because of our sin against God. We are no longer dead in our sins and transgressions. We have been made alive with God by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. We know that God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son he loves. In Christ Jesus, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins through the blood of Jesus Christ that he shed for us on the cross of Calvary. We are in Christ Jesus. And we know that we're to give thanks in everything and not necessarily for everything. We can give thanks in everything as followers of Jesus Christ because we know that in all things, God works together for the good of those who love him and those who are called according to his purpose. Amen? We know this. And so we can rejoice always, pray constantly, and give thanks in everything because we are in Christ Jesus. Now, we rejoice always, we pray constantly, we give thanks in everything by the power of the Holy Spirit of God at work in us. As we've discussed this and shared this over these past few weeks, we'll continue uh, sharing this principle even this morning. Paul shared five more present imperatives, five more commands for us to obey today and every day as he continued finishing out 
his letter to the believers here in Thessalonica. Five more commands for them, five more commands for us to obey today and every day in verses 19 through 22. So as we look in chapter 5, verses 19 through 22, we are going to notice these commands. These commands are for us. Tell your neighbor, these commands are for us. They are for you and me today and every day this week. These commands are for us. One of these commands is going to hit you. Two of these commands is going to hit you. Maybe all five will. They're going to speak right to you. These commands, again, are, car, are commands for us to obey today. And as we obey them, we will be blessed. Our, relationship will be, our relationships will be blessed. We'll be blessed by God in amazing ways. As always, as we've been studying, let's remind ourselves, we obey these commands as we rely on God's power in us. We obey these commands as we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit who is alive in us and at work in us as followers of Jesus Christ. You're going to notice the first two commands are negative in nature. They're don't commands. The second three commands are positive in nature. They're do this commands. And so each of these commands... Uh, is a part of God's work in our lives this morning, a part of God's work in our lives for uh, moving forward from this morning that God wants us to receive, to apply, uh, so that we can be who he wants us to be and do what he wants us to do this day and this week. So let's open, let's unwrap each of these amazing gifts from God of his truth for us today and this week. Verse 19, uh, beginning there, Paul wrote, don't stifle the spirit, don't despise prophecies, but test all things, hold on to what is good, stay away from every kind of evil. Five commands, five present imperatives, commands to obey today and each day this week. So let's open this first gift. First gift is don't stifle the spirit. Stifle means to extinguish, to quench. It means to suppress. Don't, the obvious negative don't before stifle, reads don't stifle, don't extinguish, don't quench, don't suppress, or stop stifling, stop extinguishing, stop quenching, stop suppressing. So he's sharing this command. Don't do this. For those in Thessalonica who had started doing this, who, were start, who had already started to stifle the Spirit, stop it. He said, don't stifle the Spirit. The Spirit is a reference to the Holy Spirit of God living in us. Don't stifle, extinguish, or quench the Spirit is a reference to the activity and work of the Holy Spirit in us. Don't stifle, extinguish, or quench the activity and work of the Holy Spirit of God in us and through us. Don't stifle the Spirit does not mean the Holy Spirit himself because we cannot stifle the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is God. We believe in one God expressed in three persons, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So we can't stifle the Holy Spirit. But as followers of Jesus Christ, we must be careful, as Paul is commanding us, we must be careful not to stifle, to extinguish, to quench, to grieve, if you will, to suppress the activity and work of his Holy Spirit in us and through us. So how do we stifle 
the Spirit. Well, let me just share a few ways we stifle the Spirit. If you're taking notes, you can jot these down. Uh, one way is we stifle the Spirit through sin. We stifle, quench, we extinguish the work of the Holy Spirit of God in us and through us when we choose to live in sin and disobedience to God. We grieve the Holy Spirit of God in us when we sin against God. Paul told us this in Ephesians chapter 4. In Ephesians 4, in verse 30 and following, Paul wrote these words, And don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. You were sealed by him for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and anger and wrath and shouting and slander be removed from you along with all malice and be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another just as God also forgave you in Christ. And so we see here it's important for us to understand as followers of Jesus Christ, we never win living in sin. We understand this uh, in theory and it's a challenge for us to put into practice in our daily lives. We never win living in sin as followers of Jesus Christ. This is why Paul also said, I say them walk by the spirit. So you will certainly not carry out the desire of the sinful flesh for the flesh desires what is against the spirit and the spirit desires what is against the flesh. These two are opposed to one another. And so what happens is we have the Holy spirit of God who has sealed us for the day of redemption. We have the Holy spirit of God who is at work in us moving and working in us, transforming us, making us more and more like Jesus Christ. And so he is at work in us even now. And when we make the choice to give in to sin, when we harbor sin in our lives, when we choose to live in disobedience to God, there, there becomes a battle then within us. It's our flesh against the spirit. The spirit desires what's against the flesh. The flesh desires what's against the spirit. And when we are living in sin and disobedience to God, it stifles the work of the Holy Spirit in and through us. We stifle the work of the Holy Spirit through neglect. We stifle the work of the Holy Spirit in us and through us by neglecting time with God. When we neglect time in God's word, when we neglect time in prayer, when we neglect time in the worship of God, when we neglect time with our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, we stifle, we begin to suppress and extinguish the work of the Holy Spirit in us and through us through sin and through neglect neglecting our relationship with God. We stifle the Spirit through refusing to listen to others. We stifle the work of the Holy Spirit in us and through us when we refuse to listen to our pastors, our ministers, our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus who preach, teach, and share God's Word with us. We begin to stifle and quench the Holy Spirit's work in us. And generally, that neglect of time with God uh, leads to pulling away from God and those that God uses to speak His truth to us, which then leads to ultimately sin against God. And so we're going to notice here kind of a progression in these commands. Paul's going to talk to us a little bit more about listening to other believers, listening to our pastors and ministers as we continue making our way through uh, this series of commands here in just a moment in the next verse or two. So we know we're not to stifle the Spirit. Now, I think it's interesting, biblical scholars point out uh, for us that the imagery behind this command, don't stifle the Spirit, is similar to the imagery in the Old Testament where God commanded the Old Testament priests to make sure that the fire did not go out on the altar of the burnt offering. And so the point here that 
scholars are sharing with us from a New Testament perspective, similar to the Old Testament perspective, which was a foreshadowing of what is to come in the New Testament as followers of Jesus Christ. We are to make sure that our fire for Jesus continues to burn day by day. We're to make sure that the fire in our hearts and minds for Jesus continues to burn all the time. Don't stifle the spirit. Allow that fire to continue to burn for Jesus day by day. As Paul told Timothy, fan into flame the gift of God that is in you. Stir up the gift of God that is in you. Rekindle the gift of God. Rekindle the passion of God. Fan into flame the passion of God that is in you. In essence, he was saying, hey, Tim, keep your fire burning for Jesus. And we see this teaching in the New Testament for you and me today as well. We're to keep our fire burning for Jesus day by day. Don't stifle the Spirit. Don't quench the work of the Holy Spirit in you and through you. No, keep your fire burning for Jesus. Well, how do we keep our fire burning for Jesus? Well, Paul's already told us as we made our way through 1 Thessalonians, specifically chapter 4 and chapter 5, we keep our fire burning for Jesus as we walk in the power of the Holy Spirit day by day. We keep our fire burning for Jesus as we live and please God. We keep our fire burning for Jesus as we love one another like God. We live, uh, we keep our fire burning for Jesus as we rejoice always, pray constantly, and give thanks in everything. Don't stifle the Spirit. He continues in the second gift, the second command, the second present imperative as he moves on. As he says, don't despise prophecies. Despise means to disregard, to reject, to make of no account or value. Obviously, once again, the don't, the negative in front of despise reads, don't despise, don't disregard, don't reject, don't make of no value or account or stop despising, stop disregarding, stop rejecting, stop making of no account or value. And he says prophecies. So prophecies, what are we talking about here? We're talking about prophetic utterances. Prophecies are prophetic utterances. They're declaring the purposes of God. Prophecies are the declarations of the purposes of God. Prophecy is the preaching and teaching of the word of God. F.F. F. Bruce, a prominent Bible scholar, New Testament expert today, said this. He said, prophesying is declaring the mind of God in the power of the Spirit. Declaring the mind of God in the power of the Spirit. Prophecies in the Old Testament were often predictive in nature. Uh, they were focused on the prophets of God who prophesied for God about the coming of the Messiah and the kingdom of God and all that uh, surrounded this. And so we see many prophecies uh, from the Old Testament spoken uh, by the prophets of God. We know prophets were simply uh, those who spoke the word of God to the people of God by the power of God for the glory of God. Uh, And the prophets of the Old Testament oftentimes were ridiculed and uh, mistreated and persecuted because they spoke the word of God to the people of God and the power of God for the glory of God. And it wasn't always what the people wanted to hear. Now, as we transition to the New Testament, prophecies also included an emphasis, and we see it in the word, includes an emphasis on the preaching and teaching of God's word. Prophecies 
includes a, a strong emphasis on the preaching and teaching of God's word. In 2 Peter, Peter agreed with this. In 2 Peter chapter 1, in verse 20 and 21, Peter wrote this. Above all, you know this, no prophecy, say that with me, no prophecy of Scripture comes from the prophet's own interpretation because no prophecy ever came by the will of man. Instead, men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. Peter reminded us that God is the author of Scripture, not man. God is the author of Scripture. God spoke by his Holy Spirit to the authors of Scripture that he created and chose. And he inspired them to write the very words that he wanted them to write down for us to be included in his word. And God used the personalities, the skills, the abilities of these authors of his word, which he gave to the authors of his word as he inspired them to write his word down for us. This is why Paul said all scripture is inspired by God. It's all breathed out by God. Scripture is the word of God to us, the people of God, by way of the Holy Spirit of God, through the authors of scripture. And so Paul also told us that prophecy is to build up believers. Prophecy, as Paul shared in 1 Corinthians, is to build up believers. Prophecy, the preaching and teaching of God's word, is to build up believers. The declaration of the, the purposes of God is to build up believers. It's to strengthen us. It's to encourage us. It's to comfort us as followers of Jesus Christ. Prophecy is also to bless unbelievers because it is through prophecy, it's through the preaching and teaching of God's word, that unbelievers are able to hear the plan of God, the purposes of God, which align out the way to God by God's grace through faith in Christ Jesus so they can enter into a relationship with God by placing their faith in Christ Jesus. And so we see prophecy is good for us as followers of Jesus Christ. Prophecy is good for all those around us who are in need of a relationship with God by faith in Christ Jesus because prophecy highlights, it declares the purposes of God, it declares the truth of God, it declares the way to God, which is by faith and trust in Christ Jesus. And so Paul here commanded the believers of Thessalonica, you and me as well today, don't stifle the Spirit. Don't stifle, don't extinguish the work of the Holy Spirit of God in you and through you. Don't despise, don't disregard, don't reject, don't make of no account prophecies, the preaching and teaching of God's Word. Don't make of no account your pastors and ministers and brothers and sisters in Christ who teach, preach, and share God's word with you. For us today, we need to make sure that we understand that this truth is for us. This command is for us as followers of Jesus Christ. We must not despise, ignore, neglect, or reject the preaching and teaching of the word of God. We should, as followers of Jesus Christ, listen carefully, listen faithfully, listen joyfully to the preaching and teaching of God's word through our pastors and ministers and brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus so that we can continue to grow up in our faith in Christ Jesus, so that we can continue to grow into maturity in Christ Jesus. So Paul has told these believers, rejoice always, pray constantly, give thanks in everything. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And as he's getting closer and closer to the end, he's now ramping up and he's saying, listen, don't stifle the spirit. Don't allow sin or neglect 
to get in your way of what God is at work doing in you and through you because we know the scriptures teach us for it is God who is at work in us to want to act according to his good purpose. We can be confident in this that the one who started the good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Don't get in the way of what God is doing in you and through you. And don't despise prophecies because God uses others to speak to us. God uses his Holy Spirit in and through the work of others to speak to us. Pastors and ministers, obviously in clear view here, so you look back up to verses 12 and 13 where he shared about the relationship between the pastors and the people, but also our brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus who speak God's word to us. We're to listen because it is the word of God spoken by the Holy Spirit of God that brings the power of God, which transforms us into the image of God's Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. So don't stifle the spirit don't despise prophecies third gift the third command but test all things but test all things now this makes sense as we continue in this progression test means to examine it means to prove it means to scrutinize to make sure that someone or something is genuine is is real is authentic test here was used in Paul's day to describe the testing, the examining, the assaying process by which coins or metal was put through a testing process to determine whether the coin or the metal was genuine, was authentic. And when proven to be genuine, authentic, it was also then valuable. The coin was very valuable. The metal was very valuable. Uh, to those who owned it. And so Paul here is taking this imagery and he says, don't stifle the spirit, don't despise prophecies, but test all things. Test, examine, prove, scrutinize. This image would be familiar to them when he used this word, but test all things as a reference to what Paul had said in the previous verse, the previous two verses, and it refers to the prophecies, the prophetic utterances, the declarations of the purpose of God. It, it refers to the preaching and teaching of God's word. Paul commanded the believers in Thessalonica, don't stifle the spirit, don't despise prophecies, but test and examine all of the preaching and teaching of the word of God that you hear to make sure that it is the real, authentic, genuine, valuable truth of God's word. Make sure you test it. Make sure you examine it. Don't stifle, don't, don't despise, but don't take everything for granted and face value and just go for it. He said, no, 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 test. He said, test, examine, prove that what you're listening to is the true genuine word of God. The Berean believers were commended for this in Scripture. If you remember back to the very beginning of our study, we shared that Paul, Silas, and Timothy made their way to Thessalonica. They were there in Thessalonica for a very brief period of time, a month, give or take a few weeks on either, either way, probably a month, maybe a couple of weeks longer than the month. And we discussed this as we shared and learned from the book of Acts. And uh, we know that they were forced to leave Thessalonica because of the persecution and opposition that was coming up against them. And when they left, the, left Thessalonica, they went first to the city of Berea. And when they got to Berea, they did what they always were known to do. And they went to the synagogues and they started preaching and teaching the word of God. 
started preaching and teaching the Old Testament scriptures. And the Berean believers were commended for this very thing that Paul commanded the Thessalonian believers, which is to test all things. And we see this in Acts chapter 17, verse 11. If you're taking notes, jot that passage down. Acts 17, verse 11. I want to read what Luke wrote to us about these Berean believers. Because when Paul, Silas, and Timothy came to Berea, they were preaching and teaching the word. And listen to what Luke said. I'm going to read verse 10, and then we'll get to verse 11, just to give you a little bit more context. As soon as it was night, the brothers and sisters sent Paul, Silas away to Berea. Upon arrival, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. So they, they've gone. They left Thessalonica. They're now in Berea. The people here were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica. The Berean people were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, since they received the word with eagerness and examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. That's awesome. The Berean believers were listening to Paul, Silas, and Timothy. And on a day-by-day basis, every time they listened to them preach and teach the word, they said, oh, wait, wait, time out. We're going to go check you out. We're going to go examine. We're going to make sure what you're saying to us is, is true. So what Paul is commanding these believers to do in Thessalonica is the very thing that the Bereans did. Test all things. Guess what? This command is for you and me today. We're to test all the preaching and teaching we hear. This includes my preaching and teaching. You need to understand this. This includes my preaching and teaching. You need to test it. You need to examine it. You need to prove it. This includes our pastors, our ministers, our teachers. All those that we listen to, that we read, that we watch. On a day-by-day basis when it comes to the preaching and teaching of God's word. This is a command to us to exercise spiritual discernment and wisdom. You see, we're to test all the preaching and teaching we hear so that we can be sure that what we're hearing is the authentic, real, genuine word of God. We want to make sure that it's real and genuine. And so we know that God has placed his Holy Spirit in us to help us test all things. We know God has given us his word so that we certainly know truth. We understand truth. It's right here. It's absolute truth. It's The word of God breathed out by God. And so we know and understand that we are able to listen to what is preached, listen to what is taught, and then we're able to examine it according to the word of God to make sure that it's the true, authentic word of God. Listen, authentic, genuine preaching will line up with the word of God. Authentic, genuine preaching is from the word of God. And understand this, just so that we're clear, we don't spot error in teaching by studying error. We don't spot false teaching by studying false teaching. We spot error and false teaching by knowing the truth of God so well that the minute we hear error or false teaching, we go, that ain't right. That's not right. That's that's not true. You see, 
testing all things actually protects us as followers of Jesus Christ from being led away from God, his word, and his blessings for our lives and our relationships. And as we grow in our faith in Christ Jesus, the good news is we will become better and better and better at testing and examining the preaching and teaching that we hear day by day. So we don't have to feel insecure about our ability because, oh, I just, I don't, I don't know enough. Well, yeah, you do. Sure you do. You've got the Holy Spirit of God in you. You've got all the help you need. And you got the word of God before you. There you go. You're good. You just simply ask the Father to speak. And as you teach and as you study and as you examine, as you prove, as you get to know this word, as you memorize this word, as you spend time on this word, then you will become acquainted with this word and you'll begin to know and understand that's the word of God. Oh, that's the authentic, genuine word of God. Boy, that is God's good truth coming through the Holy Spirit, through that preaching and teaching of the word. This is another reminder to us as well, and I think it's important that we make sure that we, we take heed of these reminders uh, that God gives us, and he's given us another one of these reminders in his word, uh, that we need to be very, very careful who we allow to speak into us. Very careful who we allow to speak into us. And that's true in regards to everyone, our friends, those that we spend time with. We, we need to make sure that we're careful who we're allowing to speak into us because you see the goal is for us to surround ourselves with others who speak truth to us and not the trash of this world. We want the truth of the word, not the trash of the world. We don't want the philosophies and beliefs and thoughts of this world that is living and rebellion against God in opposition to God to be filling our hearts and minds and wielding influence over us and our decisions on a day-by-day -day basis. Again, you, you begin to understand and realize why Paul said, hey, don't stifle the spirit well, we stifle through neglect. Well, that, what happens with that neglect? Well, when we're neglecting that time of God, with God and in his word, we're not filling our minds with the truth of the word. Chances are our minds are being filled with the trash from this world. And if you don't think that influences us, then we've got a whole different discussion to have. It influences us. And so we must make sure that we're being careful of who we allow to speak into us. And that certainly is true for our preachers and teachers. And the good news about today is, praise God, we can hear preaching and teaching every day all through the day. And that is fantastic. You can get in your car and you can listen to preaching from the time you get up to the time you go to bed. You can see it on the TV. You can listen to it on the computer. It's fantastic. The access to the Word of God, the access to the teaching and preaching of the Word of God, the access to gifted teachers and preachers of the Word of God. Phenomenal. But we also must make sure that we are still testing and examining and proving so that what we're hearing is the real and authentic Word of God. Again, we're going to see this transition now. He said, don't stifle the Spirit. He said, don't despise prophecies, but test all things. The fourth gift, he said, is to hold on to what is good. Hold on to what is good. Hold on means to hold on firmly, to hold on, hold on tight. It means to take possession of. What is good means that which is 
good, that which is genuine, that which is excellent, that which is approved, that which is authentic, that which is pure. Good was used to describe the metal or the coin that had gone through the testing and assaying process and had been proven to be authentic and genuine and valuable. And so they would say, this is good. This metal is good. This coin is good. That meant it was authentic. It was real. It was genuine. It was valuable. And so Paul now is taking this imagery and he's applying it again to the preaching and teaching of God's word. And he's saying this, he's saying, listen to the preaching and teaching of God's word. Listen to it. Listen to it often. Secondly, as you listen to the preaching and teaching of God's word, you're not going to despise it. You're not going to stifle the spirits. You're going to listen to the preaching and teaching of God's word. As you listen to the preaching and teaching of God's word, test and examine it. Test it, examine it to make sure it's real, it's authentic, it's the genuine word of God. And then he says, hold on to the good word of God. Hold on to what is good. Hold on to that truth. Hold on to that rich truth. Hold on to what the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and teaching you through his word. Hold on to that. Possess it. Obey it. Apply it. Memorize it. Meditate on it. Share it with those around you. Hold on to what is good. The word of God is good. It is good. It teaches us, rebukes us, corrects us, and trains us in righteousness. So we, as men and women, will be equipped, ready, and able to be who God wants us to be and to do what God wants us to do. The word of God is good. Hold on to what is good. As the psalmist says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed and happy is the one who takes refuge in him. The word of God is good. It may not always go down easy. And it may not always... Tastes good going down, depending on our condition. But I can assure you, it is good for us and to us as followers of Jesus Christ. Hold on to, test all things. Listen, listen, don't despise, don't disregard it, don't ignore it, don't neglect time. Don't stifle the Holy Spirit's work. No, 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 test all things. Listen. Listen to your brothers and sisters in Christ as they share what God's speaking to them. Listen, 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 take it in. But as you do, test all things. Test, examine, make sure. And then as you're testing, man, grab onto the good. Grab onto it. Take possession of it. Make it your own. Live it out. Why? Because you will be blessed and your relationships will be blessed. Again, the context is these commands if we obey these commands from God, we will be blessed by God. Our relationships will be blessed by God. So this is all under the heading of blessings of God. That's why he's commanding us, do this. And then the fifth gift that he unwraps is he says, stay away from every kind of evil. Stay away from means stay away from. Keep away from, abstain from. It means to put distance in between. Stay away from every kind. That means from every form, every type, every sort, every kind of evil. Evil is that which is opposed to God, that which is opposed to good. It is that which is wicked, sinful, and worthless. So he says, hold on to the good. Stay away. Steer clear. Abstain from. Keep away from every kind of evil. Now, Paul used this same verb here in this fifth command in chapter four. If you turn to your left, maybe it's right there on the same page. 
chapter 4, in verse 3, Paul said this, For this is God's will, your sanctification, that you keep away. Say that with me. That you keep away, that you stay away, that you abstain from sexual immorality. We already taught through chapter 4. We know that Paul challenged the believers in Thessalonica and us to stay away from, to keep away from, to abstain from sexual immorality. And we spent time discussing the parameters of sexual immorality and what all that included and entailed. Now in chapter 5, as he's finishing off his letter, as he's finishing these rapid-fire commands of blessings for us as we apply them in our lives— Paul now expanded this verb. He commanded the believers in chapter 5 to abstain, to stay away from, to keep away from not just sexual immorality, but every kind of evil. Every kind, every type, every sort of evil. Stay away. Keep away. Put distance in between yourself and every kind of evil. So he's saying, hold on to what is good. That's the word of God. That's the real, genuine, authentic word of God. Preached through the power of the Holy Spirit of God at work in followers of Jesus Christ who are preaching, teaching, and sharing the truth of God's word. Hold on to what is good. Take possession of it. Dwell on it. Meditate on it. Memorize it. Make it your own. Live it out in your day-to-day life. Stay away from every kind of evil. Stay away. From every kind of evil. What does that mean for us today? Well, that means we're to stay away. We're to keep away from false teachers and their false teaching. It means we're to stay away from the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel. It means we're to stay away from preaching and teaching that tickles ears rather than teaches truth. It means we're to stay away from preaching and teaching that is man-centered rather than God-centered. We're to stay away from preaching and teaching that goes light on the truth of God's word. We're to stay away from preaching and teaching that goes light on the dangers of sin. We're to stay away from preaching and teaching that doesn't want to even discuss sin because it's uncomfortable. We're to stay away from the preaching and teaching that leads us to follow after people rather than following after the Savior, Jesus Christ. We're to stay away from all sexual immorality. We're to stay away from the temptations that are ever-present and always around us to sin and turn away from God. As Peter said, dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles in this world, We're in it, but we're not of it. As strangers and exiles to abstain from sinful desires that wage war, he said, against the soul. He's again reminding us as followers of Jesus Christ, we are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. We are one with God in Christ Jesus been saved by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. And yet within each of us, as we continue here on this side of heaven, there is 
a battle that rages inside us. There's a war that rages on inside us. It's the battle between the spirit and the flesh. This flesh that we still have, that we still must wrestle with. And these brothers who have gone before us tell us that this battle rages inside us. The Spirit of God guiding and leading and encouraging us to go God's way. Our flesh desiring the opposite. Flesh desiring what is pleasing in the moment. So Paul Great love and passion commanded these believers and us today. Hey, while you are living for Jesus, while you are loving one another and others like Jesus while you are ministering to others through Jesus, while you are persevering and enduring in your faith in Jesus, while you are watching and waiting for the return of Jesus, rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything. Don't stifle. Spirits work in you and through you. Don't despise or disregard the preaching and teaching of the word. Test all things that you hear. Examine them. Prove them to make sure what you're listening to it's the truth of God's word, the real, genuine, authentic, valuable word of God. It's a blessing to you that is best for you. And then hold on to that which is good. Possess it, make it your own. And then stay away from every kind of evil. Just stay away. Stay away. Because this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Because this is best for us in Christ Jesus. Because this will bless us as followers of Christ Jesus. Because this will help us grow into maturity as followers of Christ Jesus. Because this will help us be effective witnesses for Christ Jesus. You see... Paul's point, as he shared throughout this letter, is continually, over and over again, reminding us time is short, eternity is at stake, and people need Jesus. And God wants those of us who know Jesus to share Jesus with others. God wants those of us who know Jesus to show Jesus to others. And for that to happen, we need to walk in the power of the Holy Spirit of God at work in us. And we need to make sure that we don't stifle the Spirit, that we don't despise prophecies. We test all things. 
We hold on to what is good. We stay away from every kind of evil. Because this is God's will and best for us in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. Our worship team is going to come and lead us in a time of prayer.